Hello and welcome back to Baseball Night. It is Thursday, October 26th. Jack, we are on the eve of the World Series. But before we get to the the fall classic, the big one, the granddaddy of them all, I think that's the Rose Bowl. But the Red Sox, they hired a new head of baseball ops. It's odd. I, It's weird. It's one of those weird things with the Red Sox. All of a sudden, he's not the president of baseball ops. I've seen head. I've seen director. I guess they, I, it's yeah, all I the same. I thought it was chief baseball officer, yeah. It's So now we're changing the title. What? I don't know what's going on with these guys. Um, Let's start here. It's Craig Breslow. Former Red Sox. Yeah, pitcher. either way. And I read the other day, two-time World Series winner with the Red Sox. He got called up on the roster the day Clay Buckholtz threw his no-hitter, so he didn't have to pitch, and then he got sent back down, but got a ring. Yeah. Uh, um, How about that? His so, baseball reference page only puts up the 2013 World Series. Well. Hey, man, he was on the 40, man. But he was on the roster. He was actually pretty damn good in the 2013 uh, playoffs. Sure. But he was noted as all, as being the smartest man in baseball. I think New York Times called him that. Went to Yale. Mm-hmm. Um, He finished playing in only 2018 and rapidly rose through the Cubs organization. He worked with the commissioner's office for three years. Then made it all the way to assistant GM for the Cubs, and he was in charge of pitching development. And, Mm -hmm. Jack, that's what the Red Sox need right now. Sure do. Um, I mean, I'm as excited as as you can get with a a first time, not a GM, first time not GM, uh, CBO. Uh, the, The title doesn't matter. The thing that matters is he is in charge. He will be in charge of fielding the team that will play baseball next year. Um, and I'm excited about it. There's a lot to do. He's got a lot of work to do. I like that. He's smart. I like that. He, um, is, you know, a former player, which I've seen a lot of the comparisons to high and bloom, uh, from a Yale graduate Ivy league, first time GM, However, the the thing that Bloom lacked that Breslow doesn't is on-field experience. He understands what a World Series run in this city is like. That is immeasurable, I think. And, you know, take this was said by Sam Kennedy, so take this with a grain of salt. Um, He passed a, a rather large poll of former players all had glowing remarks to say about Breslow to uh, not only Kennedy, but the ownership. And that's, that's the main reason he was hired. So uh, I'm excited as it can be, but, but like I said, there's a lot of work to do with the Boston Red Sox roster. Just putting Craig Breslow in charge of this roster does not improve them one bit. He's got, he's got work to do this off season. Yes. 100%. And You know, speaking of Sam Kennedy, uh, he used to be such a non-figure to me, but now 
here's what I don't get. This was brought up in one of the articles I read. I think it, I think it was Chad Jennings, but I can't be certain, so I apologize. He said when Bloom he had his press conference when Bloom was removed that they were going to go through a lengthy search and really get the right person. And I'm not saying they haven't. But they took 46 days to hire High and Bloom in this lengthy, drawn-out search for the next guy took 40 days. They didn't wait until the World Series was over when everyone's contract is up. It's just the guy is essentially like a lie factory. You can't trust him. He's just he's just doing it seems like he's just doing ownership's PR. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. But they settled on Breslow and he's a super smart dude it seems like. And let's see where it goes. Another thing yeah, I can't interesting to ahead. note. I mean, Tom, sorry, interesting to note here. You use the word settle. And that word is used because there were a lot of people who did not want this job. Well, that so it's interesting. It's it got really reported a lot and we're invested in the search. But like I did see someone say that happens a lot in these searches. A lot of people are just like, I don't want to uproot my family. I don't want to. I like where I'm at. Some people might be like, but then there's also the what in three years just get fired after I move my entire family. So yeah, I understand that they don't they've have a good, basically uh, fired. They've basically fired. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make. They've basically fired the last two. You know, I, I, I'm just going to call them GMs. The last two GMs in Dombrowski and Bloom um, for doing exactly what ownership hired them to do. Uh, Dombrowski, towards the end there, made some deals that were certainly questionable. Um, I got to say, the Evaldi never... one doesn't look as bad now. At, at the time, I didn't love it, but but Sale yeah, and I Pierce. Mainly referring to Chris Sale. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and I was never really a, b a big fan of Bloom. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to come and work for a place who, Hey, lay out your five-year plan. Oh, that sounds great. It lines up with what we wanted to do. Hey, five years is up. You did exactly what you said and what we said you wanted to do. We're going to look for somebody else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very fickle, but regardless, Craig Breslow is the guy, um, there's been a lot of comps to uh, Chris Young in Texas, yep. who we're going to get into later, has currently built a World Series roster. Uh, the you know something that I saw that shot that down was Chris Young had spent a few seasons as somebody's dedicated number two. I believe it was John Daniels. Um and Breslow doesn't have that experience. As you said, he went from playing uh, pretty recently to the commissioner's office to the Cubs pitching development, you know, assistant GM, which doesn't mean, you know, he was the number two guy there. So there is questions about his experience here. 
Um, but again, I, I really, really like the, that they went the route that he was a former player. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm very interested in it. And like I said, to start, there's a lot he has to do. Yeah, it's so it's, um, I know people instantly. And I mean, going out and getting a pitcher is probably goal number one. But again, I think we're also looking at a little bit of a waiting game because if his specialty is pitcher development, they have to develop. It's not it's not getting a quarterback with the number one overall pick and it's like, oh, this guy's got it. We're good. If you get an awesome future star pitcher, it's going to be like three years. So I think what his what I would love to see him come in and do is come in, go th- in the offseason, you just see a ton of minor league moves where he's just like, nope, look at the numbers, look at this stuff, he doesn't have it. Nope, he has he doesn't have it. Oh, this guy does have it. Look at how everything's changed. Stuff like that. Justin Verlander talked about going back to the Astros, and he said the biggest thing they did for my career was said, you have an elite four-seam fastball. Your two-seam fastball is not good. Stop throwing it. And it's you just want that with the the Red Sox. You just want someone to come yeah. in and say, like, this is how you get better. This, stop throwing this pitch, stuff like that. And if Breslow is that guy, then great. Because every article I read talks about how until Bayo, they haven't developed a good pitcher since... John Lester and Clay Buckholtz, who debuted in t- 2007 and 2008. Yeah, I'd say Clay Buckholtz was not really right. Didn't take credit for that. Exactly. Um, so there you go. If you're not even going to count Clay Buckholtz, that's bad. I'd like to say I'd like to say that he has still he still's got work to do with Brian Bayo. I mean, oh, totally. it's not a finished product there at all and so that that should be like he should have already been on the phone with him like hey man how's it going how's your throwing program going um so yeah if it is pitcher development they have some arms in their minor league system they have a good minor league system um kind of depends on who you ask but for the most part people agree they have a good they have a good minor league system with a lot of uh pieces that he can either move or put his pitching development brain to get young major league ready pitchers on the roster. Because last year, I mean, that's, that was their biggest downfall. They couldn't pitch. Nobody could consistently pitch except for Chris Martin. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great hire in the, in the eyes of pitching development, his, a fun little tidbit. His last appearance ever as a professional pitcher, his catcher was Reese McGuire. I did see that. And then one more thing that I just am confused by with John Henry and Lucino's gone. Who's the other? Tom Warner. Yep. They they have a type. Basically, if the if these guys are ownership and the head of baseball ops for the Red Sox comes open. If you went to Yale, apply. Epstein, yeah. 
Bloom, now Breslow. Also, there are other Ivy League schools. We could shake up the tree, try someone else, but yeah, but it's it's I don't know. It's one of those things. It's no one knows how he's going to be. You just don't know. At least he's not tasked with coming in here and trading a generational talent. He uh, Breslow has the ability to hire a number two, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what he does there. But let's shift gears, Jack. The World Series everyone predicted is happening. Uh-huh. It is not a repeat like you and I thought, which I think brings my total of series correctly picked in the playoffs to one. I think I said I the Phillies would beat the Marlins. I think that was it. I don't think I got anything else right. And um, yeah, same here. I don't, I think actually, I definitely said the Rays were going down. You did, but the Rangers are hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. I love a funky World Series. You know, if the Red Sox aren't going to be in it, I love it to be funky. The, um, that's why you play the game, Tom. That's why you play the game. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think I saw that at one point in May, both teams had a one percent chance to make the World Series. So all that bitching we did when the Red Sox were at fourteen percent, how good did we have it? <laughs> Seriously, and it's just it's kind of the it's the two it's the two ways to build a team here. You just have the Rangers; they go out and get Corey Seager. Adolis Garcia, Max Scherzer. They got DeGrom, but he's obviously injured again. Corey, did I say Corey Seager? I'm a uh, native all. He did. He That's said Garcia one. too, but Garcia's been on the team for three years. I know, but they tr- went out and traded for him. They didn't. I don't think. I don't think when they traded for him, they knew anything about what he was going to become. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just saying that that's opposed to the Diamondbacks are all homegrown. Yeah, no, uh, not Evan Longoria's not homegrown, but I yeah, get what you're he, saying. I think Evan Longoria has had one hit. They have definitely spent some money on this Ranger team. Um, and again, uh, it's funny that a lot of people were saying they're underdogs. They don't spend like underdogs. Um, however, with the exception of Corey Seager and Semyon, who didn't have a very good league championship series, the guys they spent money on haven't been doing much for their team. It's been your Evan Carters, your Mitch Garvers, your Garcias. Um, who was the kid who hit the home run and the that towards the end of their lineup? Tavares, Leotis Tavares. Um, it's it's guys that it's not your Scherzers or your Degroms. I mean, obviously Corey Seager was very good for them, and they gave him a ton of money. But uh, it's more the guys they've had around, and and some of these big pieces. Again, that's why playoff baseball is so fun. You get a you get a guy in a hot streak like Garcia was in that series against Houston. It's just the best to watch. He destroyed them. I can't mm-hmm. even believe they kept pitching to him. The best part was it was after he was hit, possibly intentionally, although putting runners on in the I don't know 
Abreu hit another guy, so he could just be wild. It was, regardless, it was questionable. But then Altuve hits the home run. This is in game five. And it's like, well, fuck. Here we go again. And then Garcia just got hotter and hotter and hotter. Well, before that, before he got hotter and hotter, in game six, he was 0 for 4 before he hit that grand slam to break the game wide open. And then game seven, he just took his David Ortiz pills and just went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, he he was the I loved how hard he hit that first single that he stared at and it just didn't it didn't go out. Yeah, he thought that was in the Crawford boxes for sure. And I got to say. Smoltz still, I like Smoltz, but every now and then he still has the old guy sitting on the on the couch attitude because yeah. he was like, "Yeah, he kind of missed out on a double here." And I all I, I... Kept thinking is, it's the moment, John. He 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 missed it by a I, um. He probably got missed out. He probably missed out being thrown out at second base, if anything. Um, but true. If I may. Uh, I didn't think I was even going to get into this, but as you brought it up, I think that dude is the most low energy announced guy in sports. He just, uh, I mean, I don't know if he's trying to play it that way, but man, he is, he just doesn't give you anything in the booth unless it's the Braves, unless he's talking, unless he's breaking down Spencer Strider. I, I got no energy from John Smoltz. Which is strange because he's like a funny guy. You see him in the he every now and then goes in a booth with Glavin and Chipper Jones. Have you seen the Braves do that? He seems like a funny personal guy every now no. and then. He quotes Dumb and Dumber. And I have not seen that. Well, maybe oh. it's just his playoffs. Maybe he's sad. Maybe he's sad because the Braves got knocked out. But I, uh, I just I don't know. It's been low energy. But not to get off topic. No, he and people. You know, people have pointed out it's. Your your main World Series color analyst at times is like boo hooing that they're not bunting in a certain situation. It's like, you know what? Can we just say that what whatever you thought worked for the '90s Braves actually didn't really work and isn't how the game is played anymore? Yeah, I mean, it's, just, uh, it's very few people are going to bunt in the World Series or sacrifice. It's just not going to happen. Unless you're the Diamondbacks who need to scrape together runs and beat the slug and Phillies. Yeah. That's speed. That's speed and defense the whole way for you. Also, it's just, you know, we talked about having strong leadership in the front office. Like, if we could just get guys like Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello to, God. <laughs> to come up through the Red Sox system. It's, um, it's, and that's more oh. of an ownership thing. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, having... I don't dislike, I don't dislike Alex Cora as the as the manager. So I, I've got no bones about that. But I do like Tori Lovello and and the way he just kind of runs his stuff. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It's it's tough to say because like Hazen was here, but then he went there, and you know, the Red Sox made the playoffs three years in a row and won a World Series. It's just now we're looking at it like, oh, he's awesome, but. You know, you can't have all the good guys from here, except you can't. You did, like you, yeah. you hired. Who did? 
Did they hire Cora? No, they who was before Cora after Luvello? What who am I blanking on? Was it Farrell? I thought Farrell Farrell was before Lovello. Yeah. Who was I this? don't know. But I know Ron Renicky was in the mix there when Cora got suspended. Fucking boob. Yeah, you are just you I you have <laughs> That was such a lost season to me that I was like, okay. Um, I get that it was a lost season, but watching that guy manage gave me like, it was it made me physically angry. Yeah. John Farrell, what? What am I thinking here? So he they Luvello took over. I'm so lost. Oh wait. When did he when was Lovello the twenty seventeen? Nope. I don't know. I why why do I remember him? Oh, did it was a health thing because John Farrell had cancer. That's why Lovello took over. Oh, okay. Whew, that was confusing me because I could not place And then it went to Cora, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Okay, back on topic here. Back to the World Series. So the Bolt Series were awesome in the LCS. Let's just yeah, get that two out Two seven there. gamers. Two seven gamers. The Stick with the AL. The Yeah. The home team, the road team won every game. That's correct. The other time that happened was 2019 when the road team won every game in the 2019 World Series. Happened to the Astros then, too. So, I've seen the Rangers' social media be all excited about 8-0 on the road in the playoffs. I'm going to show you home record. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, man. What's what's the home record look like? 0-3. You had three games in a row at home. You really got to take one of those. Granted, they won the series. And it's just it's just weird, like that that Altuve game where he hit the three run homer late. That was the only one. That was the only game in the series where you're just like, all right, the home team should win this one. <laughs> but every other game, we were like the uh, the away team got up early and kind of held it. And then six and seven, Texas blew them out both games. Actually, blew them out in all th- all four games at Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the Rangers are funny because I think their hot bullpen is really starting to slow down. And it almost bit them a couple times. I mean, it did in game five. They had that game wrapped up, but they had they've had to bring in Leclerc for like five and six outs or four and five out saves. And after the breaks, he's struggling in the ninth inning. And that was um, they like Adolis Garcia accidentally iced Leclerc, right? That that fight, yeah. But I mean, he uh, yeah, that was in those games. Again, they were fun to watch for the first. I think for the first four that there were two blowouts in Philly and two blowouts in Houston. And you were just like, Oh, great. 
it's going to be Rangers Phillies. It looks like they're both going to be four game sweeps and it looked like they're just going to pound the other team. But that was not the case. Uh, Arizona, the air I mean, the way Arizona played, um, being down two zero was really something. <laughs> that was really great. What I loved about Arizona is the Phillies are fun because you're just like, here they go, they're gonna mash. But they were basically like home runs or nothing. Arizona is yeah. taking extra bases, going scoring from Dealing. second on like bloop singles. It's Alex Thomas coming in, hitting a pinch hit game winning home run. Oof. That was that awesome. Is in the eighth. That's like that is the be- that is post a postseason moment being made right there. That is the best. Uh, he said in the, his being interviewed after, he's like, I mean, every one of us dreams of that as a kid. That's what yeah. he, in, <laughs> you could tell after the ball went over the fence that like he didn't even put his hands up in the air. He like threw his arms back. Yeah, like <laughs> that was so let cool. it wash and, all over him. This isn't even like an anti Phillies thing. It's just like if it was reversed, if a if Bryson Stott did that, if a rookie comes in and hits yeah. that home run, it's just awesome. Yeah, that, there's no anti Phillies here. I loved watching them play. Um, I know it was a lot of homers or nothing, but still, those homers were gigantic. But it's funny because that ended up biting them with Harper and. I think it was Harper, Turner, and Castellanos went like 0 for 27 in the last two games. Maybe maybe there's a fourth person in there because that seems like I a lot Castellanos, of bad bats. Castellanos went hitless uh, from his first at bat when he homered off Gallon, and then he didn't have a hit the rest of the series. Yeah. Either way, either way, six and seven were bad games for Harper. Um, yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, man, again, I, I, I'm not trying to crap on the Phillies, but it definitely looked like they were pressing and trying to hit home runs. They were trying to get citizens bank ballpark on their feet as opposed to like grinding out of that bat. There was a time though. There was a time where Kyle Schwarber was up and you were just like, there's no way he's going to see a pitch to hit right now. The thing is, I felt that way with Schwarber, Turner, and Harper. I was like, why would you risk it? And then you're like, well, you can't just walk them all three times every yeah. time. Yeah. It was when Har- Harper... every time Harper was up. And first off, th- that dude has crazy power to all fields off both lefties and righties. So there were these long fly balls that he would hit to left that he missed. And it was like, all right, well, that one should have gone 475 to left center. Well, what's really interesting is he the first one was like, oh, he got under it. And then I was like, holy shit, did he? And it was like he caught it. It it was caught on the warning track. I saw Eno Saris say on Twitter, like, it was like half of the the balls hit with that exit velocity and that launch angle go out. But it's something like seventy-five to eighty percent. If it if the launch angle drops a little bit, and he said, "What I'm saying here is millimeters change that," which is what's 
that's the classic thing about baseball, hitting a baseball millimeters changed game seven because Harper could have had a, another, the exact, the, almost the exact thing he did against the Padres. Yeah. It, and then I, Davey Martinez in 2019 did what Lovello is doing now. And he's like, I have six guys I trust on the mound. Those six guys are going to pitch. That's it. And it's working. Dude, that's this reminds me of the like the Andrew Miller run um when he was on the Cardinals in the playoffs and the Greg Holland um who was the other dude in the end of the, the back end of that bullpen? Joaquim Soria, maybe. Um Joe Kim Soria, yeah. Where those guys when they came out of the bullpen, it was like, okay, game over. Tom, I mean, I watch a lot of baseball. I'm not going to tell you that I was familiar with Kevin Ginkle's stuff before I watched I was the playoffs. not either. <laughs> but the Phillies got ganked. Yeah, oh, big time. Everybody been getting ganked. He hasn't allowed a run, right? I don't think so. Him or Seawald haven't allowed a run. At the in the eighth and the ninth inning of a baseball game, that's pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, he um, he saved. I who was the lefty that came in? I he had a stat. Saul Frank. Yeah, he's he walked like seven of eighteen batters or something. Yeah, he's. So the, I think the the scouting report on him is he's either throwing a million strikes or he's way wild. Yeah, that God, that I just kept saying, like watching those games, the he's coming in against lefties and he was not effective. Now I don't think a lefty really matters to Schwarber or Harper, but he was just. Uh, it seemed like he was afraid to put his curveball over the plate, and Schwarber with his eye was like, "Well, I'm not going to swing at that." It's it's going to be interesting because do these guys run out of gas? Now they've had three days off, right? Three or four days off to rest their arms. But unless it's a blowout, I don't see Luvello going to anyone else six, seven, eight, nine. No way. You at this no point way. you just ride it. They pitched every game. No way. Um they'll get their rest. Um Adversely, I, I I guess we're kind of off the LCS unless there's anything else you want to mention. Catel Marte is a superstar, an absolute yeah. superstar. And he he was on a team that lost 104 games or something. I'm just like happy for him. I I love seeing oh, a guy yeah, who goes through shit and comes back around and gets to reap the benefits, but also produces. He's not like the 38 year old guy that's going to get like two pinch hits. No, he's still relatively young. Um. He oh he's thirty. Um, I mean Jack, thirty's younger than both of us. Uh, I get that, but Wouldn't you like uh, to I thought he was younger than that. Go I thought he was time machine back seven years. You know what? Wise. Absolutely not. Oh, I meant like aching joints. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, the way worse body back then. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean he's an all he's an all star. He's 
He was fourth in MVP voting. Uh, damn, 2019. What a year. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, good for numbers, him. 35. Yeah. 32. Yeah, I like Mar- Marte. He's hit in 17 straight games. Is that third? Is that where he's at? He's either at 16 or 17. He's tied with Jeter for the record. It's it's incredible stuff. Um, but to go on, yeah, to go on to the World Series, now you have I, the way the Rangers clinched, or how, I mean, they went seven games, so they didn't like clinch early and save themselves. But the way it works out is they're going to have Nate Evaldi on the mound, and they could have Nate Evaldi for one, four, and seven. Nate Evaldi versus it Zach It sounds Allen. like, it, yeah, Nate Nate Nivaldi versus Zach Allen. Jordan Montgomery is becoming a little bit of a star here. He's probably made himself some money with his playoff performance. And um, we always, if I could just interject, we always love to, you know, throw some shade at the Yankees on this podcast. They traded him because they didn't envision him making their playoff roster, which is just. It's just the best. It's just the best. Did you see, and let's shit on the Yankees for a moment. Oh, did please. you see? Did you see the trade offer that they cooked up for Juan Soto? Is this real? The real thing with like Anthony Rizzo and like someone else? Oh, I didn't see Anthony Rizzo. I saw four absolute dog shit prospects that they have that aren't even on their top 100 for Juan Soto. And it's like, uh, yeah, you just don't have to give up too much to get him. I disagree. Unless you're going to keep him. Yeah, that's. You know, it's it's just something to me that I know we the Red Sox finished with a worst record, a worst record in the division. But I would say in terms of going into next year with more um, hope, I would say the Red Sox have them. I just I don't know. I like Aaron Judge a lot. I can't stand Garrett Cole, but he's very good. Um, So that's it, though. That's it. That's that's all I got. Anthony Volpe is not as good as people think he is. He no. could prove me wrong on that, but I just, I, I don't know. And then they brought I up Jason know. Dominguez, and now he had Tommy John surgery, and he's going to miss half the year. Yeah, that's a tough one. But the thing is, Dominguez did the classic thing. Like, top prospect, very good. First couple weeks, he's just hitting homers. Then people are going to be like, oh, know what he doesn't like? Sliders down and in. And they change everything. It's... Hot prospects like that come up because they see a lot of fastballs. Because I think pitchers want to challenge them and say, like, now can you hit a major league fastball? They can. Okay, here's my breaking stuff, which is nasty because I'm a major league pitcher. All right, back to the World Series. So, yeah, you were saying Evaldi, Jordan Montgomery. Scherzer hasn't been crisp. He's coming off an injury, but again, he's also I just don't. I just don't trust. I just don't trust Scherzer in that role right now and then who would be the fourth starter for the rangers i think he pitched and um i i I don't know if you know what because it's because it's the rangers i just want to say ranger suarez but i know that's not it no certainly he's a he's a different guy yeah i think he pitched game four but but honestly they might shorten it in the world series because it's the World Series. So you might see Evaldi who will to come back in one, four, and seven if necessary. Yeah. Um I think they'll shorten it. However, though, as opposed to the Diamondbacks, 
in the six pitchers that Lavello trusts. I don't, I don't even Jose Leclerc's been good. I don't trust him at the back end of a game for the Rangers. And I cannot believe, Tom, that Araldus Chapman has found himself in a position to fuck up another World Series for a team. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. How does he keep getting there? I don't know. And they keep put. I mean, he went in against the Astros in game seven. And you're like, you're just kind of giving the Astros life here. <laughs> he smoked someone with a 104 fastball on oh, the back man, of his man. leg. Yeah, Pitching Ninja did a good breakdown on that with the uh, with how it hit to like the deep impact meteorite. <laughs> did you see that <laughs> yeah, tweet? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. I don't know. Honestly, that's like just take me off in a stretcher. That man stood up and stayed in the game. Yeah, that was that was rough. <laughs> so their lineup is so deep, though. Oh, I yeah. mean. Jonah Heim in one game was hitting in the eighth spot. And I was like, Jonah Heim's in the eighth spot. Come on. Mm -hmm. But they also have Evan Carter's on fire. Mitch Garver had a good, he had a huge home run game six. He's a home run guy. That's, that's Mitch Garver's MO. Yeah. Um, One last thing I guess we can say about Texas is Bruce Bochy is, Managing his third team in the World Series. Pretty crazy. Never lost the game seven, Bruce Bochy. Six and oh in winner go home games. That's a damn good stat. Yeah. And on the other side, it's Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. Brandon Fat has been really good in the playoffs. It's been really good, yeah. It's been really and good. And I I'm nervous that it's finally going to bite them in the ass when they take out a hot pitcher after like four and two thirds. So Matt, I will Matt say at, though, uh, Luvello in the first, yeah, in, that... in game three, I think. But I don't think Lovello is going to do that with either Gallon or Kelly. He lets those guys get out there till the sixth. Mm-hmm. Maybe just maybe fought how to short leash, but either way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Lavallo because sometimes I think he doesn't get into the overmanaging of his bullpen. I know he will because it's the World Series and he thinks there's matchups to be had there. But like Texas is a lot like the Philly lineup where there's a homer almost all the way down the lineup. There's a threat of a homer in every position. Um, but again, I think it's going to come down to the little things that the Diamondbacks did in the NLCS, can they do them again against Texas? Because Texas is going to come out swinging, and they have home field. The place was effing rocking uh, when Garcia hit or Gar. Oh, damn it, who hit the homer? Well, it must have been Garcia, because then he got hit, and that was in Texas. So when Garcia oh, yeah, hit that five, home run, yeah. that play that place. I didn't really think it was going to get as loud as it did. And uh, so I don't know. It'll be fun to see if, because I think it's going to be different where it's not going to be the home team or the road team wins every game. I think this will be more of a traditional series where there'll be games split at at each park and like 
personally, I think Arizona is going to win game one. Just, I think they're going to beat Uvalde and that's going to, it's going to throw everything into chaos. And that's what they like to hashtag embrace the chaos. Yeah. Um, game one's interesting because gallon hasn't been sharp in the playoffs. I think he's been, he's been okay, but I think he's getting, he's having a couple bad innings. He'll like start yeah, with a bad exactly. inning, settle down, but it's like you put yourself in a bad spot. Um, and again, that like I said, that lineup, the Rangers lineup, is a lot like the Phillies, where it's just like, hey, we're gonna put up, <laughs> we're gonna put some numbers on you quick. Exactly. Shout out to Gabby Moreno, having a great, had a great LCS, Ooh. just clutch defensively clutch and hit. offensively. Yeah. Oh, that play where he smoked Schwarber trying to take the extra mm-hmm. base. Fantastic. I was sitting alone in my bedroom watching that, and I said to myself, why are you going? <laughs> that wasn't far enough. Uh, the Diamondbacks desperately need Christian Walker to show up in the World Series. Oh, yeah. You got, I mean, you won a seven-game series against the slugging Phillies with Walker doing nothing. I don't know if you're doing it for 11 to 14 straight games. No, and the other thing that kind of ticked up in the right direction is Corbin Carroll kind of broke out of his mini slump uh, at game in Game Seven too, because he wasn't giving him very uh, very much offense in the LCS. And then with him and Walker hitting back to back in that lineup, like one of them needs to start going, and Corbin Carroll did. So it is funny because you know how you get into when you're watching a playoff game and you see like it's it's lineup versus lineup, and you're like, all right. So really, if Ranger Suarez gets through Walker here, he's got Longoria, but then, you know, maybe Gurriel will do something. They don't really have a lot going down the lineup, whereas it's different to watch the Rangers where you're like, damn, one through nine, there is pop in every single one of these guys. It's almost like the Diamondbacks, and they had clutch hits from um, Perdomo in six and seven, in game six and seven. But it's almost like you're looking at like they really need to get back to the top of the lineup to get Cattell Marte back and and Corbin Carroll, where the Rangers are just like like you said like it's Josh Young at at eight or Jonah yeah. Heim at eight. Yeah, it's it it's gonna be interesting. I think I think Arizona has found their three pitchers, but so has Texas. But like yeah, you it's going to be some form of Uvalde, Montgomery, and Scherzer. Yeah, and you gotta tr- honestly at this point, the way things are going, you have to get more starts out of Uvalde and Montgomery than you do Scherzer. You gotta yes, get and 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 innings in those starts. Yes. that's the 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 main commodity these starters have right now are innings for their bullpen. Right. If it becomes a game where bullpens need to get outs. I don't trust the Rangers. Absolutely not. So here it is, Jack. Prediction time. What do you got? I've been wrong. I've been wrong in every single series. So I'm gonna go, and I've tried to be smart about it. At last, last uh, the LCS, I thought, okay, it's gonna be the Astros. It's gonna be a repeat. So now I want to see what I want to see. And I'd like to see the Arizona Diamondbacks in seven. I have also been wrong 
historically for a long time. <laughs> I just, I don't, I understand sports and I understand baseball. And then the think? games happen and I'm like, wow, I was just wrong about that. I don't know why I think it's so quick, but I just think the Rangers in five. Oh, I think that lineup steamrolling. I think it's. Yeah, very different answers. Oh, I like that. Put the yeah, I just up. I just don't know. Now, a couple days off can cool things off, but God, that's a deep lineup. So important to note. Both teams. Not, not only knocked off the defending pennant winner for their league. But they won two games in a row at the other team's ballpark. That is yeah. insane. Both if you were think down about three it. two. That is insane. And and I I loved it again. Like, yeah, obviously didn't want to see the Astros again. Although I could watch Jordan Alvarez take three at bats every day. I don't need the season to end. He I could just watch him take yeah, three Tom, at bats. Yeah, Tom, I'm gonna today. tell you what, I'm a I'm a bona fide Kyle Tucker guy. Yeah, he's, he struggled. He's though. a ball player. Great. Not he's really good at defense. Defense that <laughs> like people don't, you know, you don't think of that, and then he's robbing home runs. Um, yeah. But I I didn't want to see the Astros again, and then the Phillies, exciting, tons of homers, crazy crowd. But give me a team that was upstart, or a team that has a chance to win their franchise's first ever World Series. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I get that the Rangers paid a billion dollars for their team, um, and they're not really underdogs. But in the grand scheme of the American League, nobody thought they were going to be in the World Series. But, you know, I I said earlier that it was, a, you know, the building your team through, like, acquiring players through, with money, like, you, like Corey Seager and DeGrom. Um, paying Scherzer from the Mets, all that. But Evan Carter and Josh Young are rookies. Yep. They they're they do have and um Leodis Taver- Taveras, is he a rookie? No. No. He's been oh. around. 98. Oh, okay, but he's okay, so he's but he's been with Texas. He came up in 2020. Yeah. He's only been with Texas. So it's not just you know, you have three guys you count on, two guys that are up the in up the middle positions that are homegrown. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah, and I like Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, so <laughs> I can yeah. get on board with the players they brought in too. Yeah, and I like watching Mitch Garver play because again, he's just uh, he's an old fashioned. I'm gonna hit a homer, or you're gonna strike me out, and then I'm gonna go back to the duck. Yeah. So you have, but yeah, I got. The, I like the Diamondbacks, man. I like Alec Thomas. I love Corbin Carroll. I love Marte. I didn't know how much I loved Ginkle and Seawald. Like I really didn't know how much I loved that. You know why, Tom? And I thought Martin and Jansen were probably the most consistent part. They weren't lights. Well, Chris Martin was, but Kenley Jansen wasn't lights out like Paul Seawald has been in the playoffs. Yeah, but it's just fun. It's just fun to watch uh, teams at the top of their game like this, and 
I think it'll be cool if the if the if the Diamondbacks do the little things that help them beat the Phillies. I think they can beat the Rangers. All right, and I think the Rangers just go ham and slug. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you well, think they're you took it in five? So you think the Rangers are diving in that pool? Yep. Oh, put it on the locker room. Put it on the locker room, Tori Lavallo. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, and shouts to Matt, uh, Chris, Mad Dog Russo for a career where he now he's retired. I like how you just said a career. He had a career. Um, he actually, I mean, we don't know this, but I guess he was like such a drive time, um, New York radio with, I didn't know Mad Dog and what's oh, the other yeah, guy? I knew, I knew Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike, uh, yeah. Princessa. Okay. I didn't know Mike oh, Princessa. Princessa. Like they oh, were yeah. the, that was like the thing in the nineties. I, we didn't know, but yeah. When I first saw him on MLB Network, I was like, "What is this?" Oh, I knew he was a Yankee guy from back in the day. Oh, uh, but we're not Just ending cause... with that. Jack has Diamondbacks in seven. I have Rangers in five. Jack, we will talk after the World Series. But I mean, yep. on this in this form, we'll probably talk before. Yeah. That. All right. Well, see you later. Bye bye. <laughs>